Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, Governor Albert Bryan says the state of the territory is resolute. We get highlights of the governor's address and responses from lawmakers. Members of the United Steelworkers Union protested outside the state of the territory address. The Virgin Islands Lottery suspends operations after experiencing an information technology breach. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. Last evening, Governor Albert Bryan Jr. presented his sixth State of the Territory address before the 35th Legislature at the Earl B. Otley Legislative Capitol Building on St. Thomas. As we embark on this blessed new year, the state of our territory is resolute. We are purposeful, determined, and steadfast. The social and economic impacts of COVID-19 pandemic are increasingly further in the rearview mirror. The governor's speech touched on several issues facing the territory, most notably the Water and Power Authority, as well as disaster recovery projects. Senate Majority Leader Kenneth Gittins was left wanting more, however, from the governor's speech. Well, my overall uh, look of the address, uh, I would give the governor credit and say that it was an upbeat um, address to the people of the territory. However, um, I thought that it lacked a couple of things, um, uh, definitely under the um, timeline area. Uh, he spoke to WAPA, yes, he spoke about some of the road projects and the schools and our hospitals, but there was no mention of timelines in itself. And that was a bit um, concerning for me because it, I, I think that this is just dragging on a bit too long. While the governor's speech had a tone of optimism, he spoke on the financial difficulties facing the territory. The last six months have seen our expenditures outpace revenue collections. This has depleted our available cash on hand and caused significant delays in making vendor payments. Senate President Noble Francis recently inquired with Finance Commissioner nominee Kevin McCurdy on just how much money the government owes to its vendors. What is the accumulative number of um, payments pending to our vendors? Uh, to, to include um, allotment, uh, $89 million. Despite the slow collections, the governor maintains that vendors would be paid. I, I want to assure our vendors this evening that we are working hard to catch up on outstanding payments, and we will. That is currently the administration's highest priority. Governor Brian Rich and Rude, we don't like your attitude. That's the chant from protesters of the United Steel Workers that welcomed the governor last evening. District Director Daniel Flippo says the union wants the governor to sign the contract they agreed to. The whole thing it's about is trying to get the government to recognize the contracts and the promises that they made in those contracts. We sit down, we negotiate an agreement, we reach a meeting of the minds, and then the governor simply doesn't sign it, 
and doesn't provide our members what they've already promised. Instead of taking a work action, we do a day-to-day -day extension, trying to partner with the government. We understand our members provide services for the public. So it's not like we want to take a work action to stop those services. But at some point, when they're not doing the things they should do with the government, we have to do what we have to do. We caught up with Governor Albert Bryan earlier today, where he, Mr. Flippo, and Union Representative Jerry Jackson were attending the live broadcast of Analyze This with Neville James at Delhi Deck on St. Thomas. The governor responded to the union's assertion that they just want to work with the government to honor the agreement they came to. I mean, it's simply not true. I mean, you were right here. You saw Jerry. He's the head of the union. The three of them, did they look like they wanted to talk to me or have a discussion with me? They walked away. And that's the problem, the lack of communication by the union, because they don't tell the people the truth. Because I told Jerry Jackson before the, the election, I said, Jerry, sign a contract now before we get into all of this stuff because when the money starts getting tight, then I could do less. I refuse to sign a contract that I can't honor. Governors have done that continuously. Every contract we signed, we honored. Jerry and the USW protesting before the election. You've seen it every single week. They had a, a, a ad in the paper, knocking the administration and, and dragging me through the polls, telling a complete untruth in the newspaper. So for them to show up last night and protest ain't surprising, but he misleading all of his followers because the government pay everybody else. Why, what's this so special about the steel workers? The governor continued that teachers, nurses, doctors, and corrections officers have all been paid. Ask yourself, the teachers got the best contract they have gotten in years. Why isn't the steel workers getting a contract? Because of the lack of leadership and the lack of being able to communicate and sit down civilly and come to a contract that everybody could sign. And you know, every single year I've been governor, we put in the 4% increase in all the salaries for people. So we have no backlog of people begging to say we signed a contract with them and they didn't get paid. First time in history. And so when they, when they protested last night, I'm still trying to figure out what they're protesting about. The Department of Planning and Natural Resources will host a coastal zone management meeting on Thursday, January 25th, via Teams. The public hearing will discuss the Virgin Islands Department of Education's requested permission to use FEMA funds to replace the St. Croix Central High School, with the project's scope to include the demolition and new construction of the high school. Details for the Teams meeting can be found at the department's Facebook page. The Virgin Islands Lottery has suspended operations until further notice following a breach in its information technology system. Executive Director Raymond Williams explained what exactly occurred that caused the halt in operations. On Tuesday, at some point on Tuesday, our IT um, director and staff um, recognized that there was a systems failure and that's where they found out subsequently where I found out, and we immediately um, started working on trying to isolate and to ensure that it didn't totally destroy all our information and our information systems. And then we, you know, so that, that's as much as I can go with that without, you know, furthering any details because we don't know who the, um, the bad actors are. So I don't want to, you know, go beyond that point. Mr. Williams says they've seen no breach as it pertains to their finances. So far, based on what 
we don't we've seen no no none of our um, personnel or um, other private information has been um, breached. He says they do not have a timeline on when they will resume operations. Right now, we're in the process of trying to restore all our systems. Um, it's a mundane process because the objective is to make sure that once we restore, um, we don't find ourselves encountering another uh, breach to our systems. So it's, it's a meticulously um, slow process. I, I don't know how much you know about this stuff, but I'm learning a lot myself. So we, we, we're, we're almost there. We're going through some testing phases presently. Um, once that is completed, we have to do some other testing to ensure that our systems are not going to be breached again. At least try not to make sure that doesn't happen. And once my um, IT staff and our consultants um, give me a thumbs up, um, I'm hoping to um, reopen for business. Um, we're not putting dates on it because um, it's, it's a very slow uh, process, like I said, to get to get back to where we need to be. But so far, we're working like 10 hours a day trying to make sure we can get back to where we need to be. Executive Director Raymond Williams ensured dealers their commitment to resolve the issues. I want to say to our customers and our dealers, you know, this is not a situation where we had any control over. Um, these things clearly happen, I'm sure, as you know, all over the place. Um, it's unfortunate that it happened to us, but you know, it's, it's, it, it also provides a lesson, a lessons learned opportunity. So, you know, moving forward, there are a bunch of things that we're going to put in place, hopefully, to try to protect, better protect our systems. To the playing community, he says that drawings are currently postponed. To our playing community, um, we are going to host our drawing as soon as um, everything is a go. We're going to do two more days of sales for the 1020, drawing number 1025. We definitely are going to do that. Don't trust and believe nothing is wrong. We just got to wait till we get there. We'll do the drawing and then um, we'll subsequently open for the following draw, um, drawing, which we number, drawing number 1026, which will take us into Act Fear, that weekend of the Act Fear. So we are hoping to, we're going to have some bonus prizes, you know, just because we want to show appreciation to our customers and our dealers. During the State of the Territory address, Governor Bryan had a seeming 180 while addressing the government's cash shortage, claiming strong government finances. While the naysayers continue to predict fiscal calamity, our government's finances remain strong and steady. The numbers simply don't lie. The fact is, revenues for the first quarter of the fiscal year 2024 are already above revenues for the same period in fiscal year 23. That message was conflicting, however, as Office of Management and Budget Director Jennifer O'Neill's response to Senator Marvin Blyden's inquiry about the Tourism Advertising Revolving Fund left him with much concern. We have available for budget is 61951000 right? But as you stated earlier, even though you have um, funds uh, on paper, it's not really cash. Correct. So what the actual balance in that account, do you know? Oh. 
So there's there's no account uh, in that, senator in a right? fund so, in a fund. So what's on paper is, is what we have, but it's it's what's on paper. There's no cash. So of that sixty one million dollars, there's nothing available for expenditure. That's what you're saying. No cash. Very well. I'll, I'll let my colleagues expound. Thank you so much, Madam Chair, for the time. We have we have a problem. Following the governor's speech, Senator Blyden stated he had hoped to hear more transparency on the government's finances. I would have liked to hear a little bit more about basically our finances, because I know he stated in respect to, compared to last year, where we're at, and he stated that we are doing much better, we are doing better than we did last year, but based on the hearing we had last Friday with his financial team, and all of the vetting we did and all of the documentation we have, it was said that we are 16% less in revenue compared to last year during this time, this period. And we did 8% less in 2022. So that's a concern for me. So I believe there need to be more transparency moving forward. And we have a lot of work to do in that respect. Another theme in the governor's address to the territory was one of sacrifice. Whether you're the head of your household or the head of state like me, leadership requires setting priorities and making uncomfortable but prudent decisions. To save the GRS system from insolvency, we have had to forego the revenues generated by the rum excise cover over and the capital projects they funded. To keep the cost of electricity manageable, we had to forego additional road repairs to catch up on the backlog of income tax refunds. We have had to live with a less than ideal budget for facility maintenance. Finance Chair Senator Donna Fred Gregory acknowledged the need for sacrifice, noting on the $25 million retroactive wages that should have been paid out by the end of 2023. I do agree that we have to make sacrifices, but I believe it's also important as we make our sacrifices, you know, one of the things that he talked about is the importance of us working together. So as you make the sacrifices, when we make the decisions as legislators and we say, uh, you know, this payment shall be made by December 30th of whatever year it is, then in fact, if there is a challenge with making that happen, there is a responsibility for the executive branch to come back to the legislature and say, listen, we are having a challenge with making this um, uh, uh, commitment or, this, or, or following this legislation. How do we work together to figure this out? And that did not happen. So that's why, um, you know, and I hope that it's a lesson learned for the executive branch, for the chief executive and his team, that in the future, if, we are, if they're having challenges, let's not wait till we have a hearing. Senate Minority Leader Dwayne DeGraff was not particularly moved by the governor's address and had hoped to hear more. What stood out to me that I didn't hear about the seniors, I'm a big advocate for seniors. It's one thing to talk about bringing a population to rebuild the territory and all of that. He, talked, he spoke of some great things, but what are we going to do with our seniors? You know, I, I, I have a legislation into try to build a senior facility, one in St. Thomas and one in St. Corey. $10 million for each using Jeffrey Epstein's money. You know, so that's one thing that have me on edge to know that we have an aging population and there was no mention about, you know, people who have put in their time and years and effort here to build this territory to what it is and no mention of it. 
During his address, Governor Albert Bryan Jr. also announced the nomination of Superior Court Judge, the Honorable Harold Willox, to serve as a justice on the Virgin Islands Supreme Court. Judge Willox is no stranger to the bench and the judicial community after serving more than two terms as a judge in the Superior Court. His prior public service includes previously serving as the presiding judge of the Superior Court, chief public defender, and assistant attorney general. Judge Willox is a consummate public servant, published author, and son of the soil. I'm confident that he will be a wonderful addition to the Supreme Court as an astute and deliberative justice. The Community Foundation of the Virgin Islands is seeking public input to help select the USVI Center for the Book's 2024 Great Read submissions to represent the territory at the National Book Festival in Washington, D.C. on August 24th. CFBI President D. Breacher Brown welcomes the nominations from members of the community, stating that submissions for books may be written by authors from the territory, take place in the U.S. Virgin Islands, or celebrate the territory's culture and heritage. The deadline for submissions is on Wednesday, January 31st, and the nominations will be reviewed by an advisory committee. Go to cfbi.net for more information. The University of the Virgin Islands Center for Excellence in Leadership and Learning, or known as UVI-CEL, along with the Youth Empowerment Services, the Virgin Islands Police Department, Law Enforcement Planning Commission, the Department of Human Services, Digital Lending Innovation, and VIA, is hosting the 2024 Empower You Youth Summit. Dr. Lachasha Edwards, UVI-CEL's Community Engagement Manager, explains what the goal of the summit is. So the Empower You Youth Summit is an opportunity for our youth in the community ages 12 to 18 to have an opportunity to get information about different topics such as mental health, um, leadership, team building, communication, um, understanding their self-identity, and connecting with others so that we can continue to inspire them. We hope to ignite um, a, a passion or fire within them. You know, we think about our territory and we talk about um, the queens and the fire burn and, you know, what, what inspires and sparks that interest. And we wanted to bring something that sparks an interest for them as they're embarking on different journeys. So whether you're transitioning from junior high to high school or high school to work, college, military, what do you want to take with you that our community can embed in them, in their minds, and help bring about a change in our community to lead to um, better outcomes than we have seen this past year. Um, and also focus on the good things that our students can do and that they can bring to the table as opposed to some of the other negative things that have been you know, shown in our, our news media and our community. The summit will take place throughout the territory starting on Saturday, February 10th on St. Croix at the University of the Virgin Islands Great Hall, then on February 24th on St. Thomas at the UVI Innovation Center, and close on March 9th on St. John at the Julius Sprouse School. We'll start at 8 um, with registration. Our opening speaker will uh, begin their presentation at 9 o'clock. Uh, from there, we will have breakout sessions from 10 to 12. Students will have lunch. We'll have music and entertainment in our exhibit hall. We have various community partners signed up to be in the exhibit hall to provide any information from, you know, National Guard, job opportunities, 
career opportunities, um, anything you can think of. Visit the University of the Virgin Islands Facebook page or go to uvi.edu for more information and to pre-register. As we make our way down the news feed, we're turning now to our regional report. A Miami judge has postponed the trial of the former premier of the British Virgin Islands, Andrew Foy, to January 29th. Mr. Foy is facing charges of drug smuggling, money laundering, and racketeering. The trial was due to start yesterday after being pushed back by two weeks from January 8th. Justice Kathleen Williams is expected to hear arguments from both sides about introducing foreign law, jury instructions, and expert witnesses into the trial, the issue of hearsay testimony, a possible entrapment defense, and other matters that recently arose. Foy's attorney, Teresa Van Vliet, asked the court to dismiss what she described as the prosecution's 11th-hour motions that were filed three weeks before the start of the trial. She argued that the motions raised several crucial issues for the first time. Here's the latest look at the short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. Mainly sunny skies continue area-wide today. Temperatures will hold in the middle 80s at St. Croix. Winds from the east-northeast at 20 to 25 miles per hour. Gusts close to 30. Temperatures will fall as we go towards sunset today. At St. Thomas and St. John, highs will hold in the middle 80s with temperatures falling to around 80 by sunset tonight. Breezy too. Winds from the east at 25 to 30 miles per hour. Gusts close to 35. Tonight is clear early area-wide then scattered showers return after midnight. Lows will fall back into the low 70s at St. Croix. Winds from the east-northeast at 20 to 25, with gusts close to 30. At St. Thomas and St. John, we'll find lows also in the middle 70s. Winds remain strong from the east up to 25 miles per hour, gusts close to 30. And Wednesday features mostly cloudy skies area-wide. Temperatures reach the middle 80s at St. Croix with scattered showers in the afternoon. Winds from the east-northeast at 20 to 25, with gusts close to 30. And at St. Thomas and St. John showers also expected in the afternoon. Highs reach the middle 80s there. Winds from the east-northeast close to 30 miles per hour with gusts between 35 and 40. The rip current risk is moderate to high for area beaches through the end of the week. That's the latest look at the short-term forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX News Feed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. And if you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app. If you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts.